Yes, everyone. I am back. It's been a while, I know. There hasn't been a lot of news. I really got off of this when there wasn't a lot of news. And then, boom. We just get hit with the biggest news of the NBA offseason. Probably since LeBron went to LA. Jimmy Butler requests a trade. And that just put me on the grind again. My mentality has always been that I was going to come back when the NBA season started. But we're coming back now. We're coming back earlier. Because i got to talk about this with you guys. I'm excited. I hope you guys are too. Let's get into the show. Today, I really just want to talk about the Jimmy Butler situation with him requesting a trade. And what was going down at that practice. Um, I'm going to give you guys my preseason players who impressed me and my preseason players who unimpress me. And I know it's a little early to start with the whole if they're a bust or not thing, but it's just fun to talk about. And then finally, I I didn't give you guys my full power rankings as I stopped giving podcasts for a while. So I'm just going to give you guys my top five, and then I'm going to release my whole power rankings on my Instagram, if you follow at Basket Bros Podcast on Instagram, you will be able to see my full power rankings list. Comment below if you guys want me to do a special on just my power rankings. If you guys want it, I'll give it to you. Let's get into this show, guys. So, guys, here it is. Jimmy Butler. Yes, the Timberwolves all-star guard slash forward Jimmy Butler requests a trade from the team. And it just shocks everyone, every fan around the NBA. Like, Jimmy Butler, we weren't even thinking about requested trades. This is another Kyrie situation. This is even bigger than Kyrie's situation, in my opinion. This was just so unexpected. But Woj comes out with another tweet. Actually, no, Shams broke the tweet. Woj, you've been slacking lately. Shams has been kicking your ass lately. But Shams came out with the tweet initially saying that Jimmy Butler wanted to be traded to either the Nets, Knicks, or Clippers. When I read this, I was like, yeah, right. This kid wants a trade to the Nets. Like, I'm not I'm not using this information in a podcast because it's bull. I'm not using it. I really have a hard time believing that Jimmy Butler wants to go from the Timberwolves to the Nets. He is the most competitive player in the NBA. He will do anything to win a game, and he wants to go to the Nets. He doesn't seem like a guy who wants to just be there for the large market like Kawhi would. But that's what broke the news. I wasn't believing it. Now there's reports saying that he wants to go to the Heat. Don't believe that either. Why would you want to go to the Heat when... The Heat are a significantly worse team than the Timberwolves. I know that Jimmy's upset with Andrew Wiggins about his work ethic, and he's upset with Cat about his work ethic as well, because those guys have just been naturally talented, and they don't want to put the work in like Jimmy had to. Jimmy was not a high recruit. Uh, He wasn't drafted high. He didn't have high expectations, but now he's a top 10 player. And it was all just effort. If you put in the effort, you will turn into Jimmy Butler. Andrew Wiggins can be 
far better than Jimmy Butler, in my opinion, if he just put the work in. Carl Anthony Towns can be the greatest center of our generation if he could put the work in. He could be a domi- as dominant as Shaq in the post and then just shoot you out from three. Like, imagine Shaq with a three-pointer. Oh my god, all the potential that th- those two players have, and they're just wasting it because they're not trying, and I, I feel for Jimmy because he's trying to get them to practice, he's trying to get them in 10-hour workouts, and they're just not dealing with it. So, after all this news breaks, you know, I'm still not thinking too much of it, I'm like, alright, Jimmy Butler's going to be on the Timberwolves for this season, and there's a probably a high probability he's going to leave the Timberwolves. I, I saw that he was probably frustrated with the team, but I didn't believe that he was actually requesting a trade. Then this report breaks out that he actually goes into the practice facility and practices against the team, but it's not all fun and games. He's not going in there dapping up on his teammates. He's not going in there and saying sorry to Coach Tibbs that he's requesting a trade. No. He goes in there, he's talking shit, he's basically proving to Wiggins and Cat that they're bums and that they couldn't even beat them in a scrimmage when Jimmy Butler had four third string players on his team and Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins had the starters and Jimmy Butler won that match. So now everyone's just like, what happened? He's going in there. He's saying, you can't win without me to the owners. He says, you need me. He's saying all this stuff to Wiggins as he dunks on him. He's dunking on people. He's getting angry. He leaves the practice facility. And he goes and does an interview with ESPN. Rachel Nichols sits him down. They talk about what went down that day and about his trade request. Uh, basically, the interview was saying, we're talking about the trade request, and Jimmy Butler just goes full on into all the details. Like, he was straight up like the realest I've ever seen a player in an interview. He just straight up said, like, Timberwolves be booty and I don't want to play for them anymore. Nah, he didn't say that, but he was still definitely not hiding the fact that he requested a trade. And he was speaking about how he was frustrated with the team, that they didn't he didn't feel like they wanted him. They weren't saying he felt like they weren't saying, Jimmy, we can't do this without you. And that's what was hurting him. So he's saying that he wants a team that says, Jimmy, we need you to be where we want to be. So that's why he's been upset with the Timberwolves, there's probably a lot more that he can't say on camera, but thank you, Jimmy, for the realest interview I have heard in a while. One of the greatest things, I'll leave a link on my Instagram page. I'll probably put a picture, and if you guys want to go watch the video, it's some good shit right there. Um, So after all of this, the whole Jimmy Butler situation, where do I think Jimmy Butler would best fit in the NBA? And I don't think it's with the Heat, nor do I think it's with the Nets, Knicks, or Clippers. But it's in that same town with the Clippers. (laughs) Yeah, the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, come on. That's a match made in heaven. LeBron and Jimmy Butler, two of the most hardworking players in the NBA, 
working together on a team. LeBron needs another superstar to pair up with him if he wants to compete with teams like Golden State and Houston. Jimmy Butler would be perfect for LeBron. I mean, all right, let's think about it. Jimmy Butler, all-star, He's aver- he averaged, what, like 22, 22.2, 4.9 assists, and 5.3 rebounds. I mean, if you hear those stats, you're like, oh, he's an average player. That's not factoring his heart, his hustle, and his defensive grit. He is probably the best guard defender we have in this league, I think. Underrated. Underrated defender in this league. He is a hustle player. I mean, for God's sake, Tibbs in Chicago used to play him 48 minutes a game in the preseason. And he was okay with it. That's how hard of a worker he is. Imagine pairing that with LeBron. He can be a catch-and-shoot player. He doesn't need to dribble to get his shot off. (coughs) Excuse me. But I feel like it would be a match made in heaven. You know, um, LeBron works well with ball-dominant guards. Obviously, he worked well with Kyrie Irving. But Jimmy Butler isn't a ball-dominant guard. And I feel like he can work better with, without the ball dominance. Because he could just dish it to the corner, drive in, someone sags off Jimmy. Jimmy's going to pump fake, dribble to the left, pull up. And if you have another offensive and defensive IQ player like Jimmy Butler in your offense, it's just going to be so well for LeBron. If the Lakers were to get Jimmy Butler, I'd put them in front of Houston. I sure as hell put them in front of Houston. Do I put them in front of Golden State? Absolutely not. Do I put them in front of the Celtics? That's a tough question. You know? Depends on what we see from Gordon Hayward. Are we going to see Utah Jazz all-star Gordon Hayward? Are we going to see a new Gordon Hayward that's still injured and has just forgotten to play basketball. It just I think that's the biggest difference in that situation. But Jimmy Butler, if he goes to LA, it's a big market. I know he really that's not really one of his main priorities. He wants to just win. And if he goes to LA, he's going to win. And he's going to win frequently. And if that Golden State Warriors monarchy ever falls, like I know it will in a couple years because there is no way that five stars can just get along and just keep winning rings and just one star makes all the money while the other doesn't for for years and years. It's just not going to happen, Golden State Warriors fans. You're living in a fantasy. You guys can have your two years, three years of a dynasty, but after this, I feel like you guys are going to lose two to three stars. You guys will still be a great team if you lose two to three stars, which is amazing. But you will not be this powerhouse Golden State Warriors team that we just know is going to win the finals every year. So that is what I have on the Jimmy Butler situation. 617-779-0985. Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm not a fucking sports hub. That'd be dope, though. Uh, <laughs> uh, follow my Instagram page. You know, comment on my Jimmy Butler post. Tell me what you think 
about what I said about Jimmy Butler, do you think that the Lakers is a good fit for him? Let me know. I'll feature your comment on the next show, and you know I can give you a shout out if you want. So let's move on to this next topic right here. Okay, guys, we're going to get into our second topic of the night. We are going to be talking about NBA preseason and who impressed me and who really just didn't. Um, we're going to go into individual players, not teams, because you can't really base preseason off a team, I really don't think. You really can't. Like, the Boston Celtics are not going to be a bad team because they went 0-4. That's just not what's going to happen. Um, but I feel like it is a great way to see, you know, new young players that are rising up. And getting the opportunity to get 20 minutes a game in the preseason to see what they can do. So, here are my players that impressed me. Starting with Alonzo Trier. Iso Zoe is what they call him, I guess. Um, He has been amazing. He is a walking highlight reel. Um, This is the only case to where I think that I can see greatness in a player from him going against second stringers. It's only because he is getting these shots off with hands in his face. He is a pure shot creator in 2K. Like, that's what it is. He's OP, and he's. it's not like he's just, oh, he's making wide-open threes. Oh, it's preseason. Like, the defenders are... Um, they don't know what they're doing, they're not closing out enough, no, their hands are in his face, he's crossing them over, he's breaking their ankles, and he's driving right to the bucket, jelly, like, every time, and it's very impressive, Alonzo Trier, uh, he was averaging 19 points and 3 assists during the preseason, he had that 25 point game against Brooklyn way back, where he was just so efficient, he was getting to the line, you know, He has that little flop in him, which I kind of like. When you go to the basket, you got to give a little little emphasis on the contact. You know, you got to get to the free throw line. He, and he's already learning that, which is great in a young player. Um, so I like Alonzo Trier and Knicks. Uh, obviously, he's not going to come out here and average 19 points a game for you this season. I'm not saying that. He's going to go back to the G League, and he's going to get better. But I feel like if he continues to play at this pace... He's going to be a great bench six-man or maybe even a starter one day. And you guys found a diamond in the rough, I, I think, just based off of what I've seen from him so far. I liked him at Arizona, too. He was, you know, DeAndre Ayton's, you know, second-hand man. And he, him and Ayton in the pick-and-roll was just deadly. I loved watching in the tournament them get uh, upset in my bracket you know, being crushed because I had Arizona going to the Final Four. That was so fun. Alright, I'm getting off topic here. But here we go. We're going to go to the next player. Um, this is probably a fan favorite just because of his brother. Uh, but I'm not I'm not mentioning him just because of his brother. It's Costas Antetokounmpo. Um, this player, this man, he... He's shown flashes of looking like his, his own brother, which is kind of weird. I mean, I know they, they they work out together, so he m- must pick up some some moves from his brother. He just looks like 
an uncoordinated Giannis. He's driving to the basket. He is 6'10", so he's about the same size. And he has hops. And when I say hops, I mean I think he has more hops than Giannis. I just saw him dunk on a player in the first preseason game. And right then and there, I was like, how do you guard this guy? How do you guard this guy if he's able to take you off the dribble and just pull up on you? Which I know Giannis is going to teach him one day. Mavs fans, you got a good one. And his one, his biggest deal uh, going into the NBA draft of why teams didn't draft him was because they didn't think that he would be able to pick up on an NBA-style offense. But for the film I'm actually watching at this moment... It looks like he's cutting to the basket. He's going to where there's space, and he's spacing the floor. He's running the 5 wide. He's doing everything that the coach is telling him to do. I think this is a great sign for Mavs fans. I I think you found something here. If uh, you landed on Luka Doncic and Kostas, that's, that's a really, really, really good draft for you Mavs fans and could be the greatest draft of your history. I don't know, maybe Luka goes up to Dirk level? I don't think so. But anything's possible. So, obviously, Kostas impressed me. He's looking great. And my third one is DeAndre Ayton. Um, No, I did not call DeAndre Ayton a bust. You can go through my, all my podcasts. I just said that I wouldn't pick him with the first overall pick. I said he was going to be a 15-10 and 10 guy from the start. I told you guys this. He was going to be 15-10, and 10, and that's what I think he is. 15-10, and 10, maybe he can get a couple seasons at 20. But I think he's going to be a 15 to 20 points per game, 10 rebounds. And I don't think he's going to be an above-average defender. That's why I wouldn't take him with the number one overall pick. Um, My biggest... Uh, worry with him was I thought he was going to be a black hole. I thought he was just going to give the ball to him in the post and he was just going to put his head down and throw the ball up. And I'm seeing through this film that I've been watching that Aiton is not a black hole. Um, He can run the offense through the post. Uh, Not as well as like an Al Horford, obviously, because he's a rookie. But I can see that he has his head up, and he's watching and looking for the cutter. And he's not just keeping his head down looking for basket. If he keeps this up, and he can uh, become a better shooter, and maybe even a better passer, I feel like he can be an offensive beast. But... My main problem with him is just the defensive liability. <coughs> Sorry, but his defense is looking all right. He's blocking shots. He was looking all right. Um, when he's against a center, he's doing pretty well. Uh, centers sh- are shooting around 41% against him, which is actually really good because the center usually shoots within 15 feet of the basket. So, that's pretty good stats for DeAndre Ayton. My one thing is that he is so slow on his feet. It is so hard to watch. DeAndre Ayton is so slow on his feet. 
if he steps out to the perimeter, if someone just cuts right by him, he, they're getting a layup. That's that's the thing. If a guard is on him, it's a GG. They're getting the basket. It's like a Greg Monroe. If you put Greg Monroe in the game, the guard is just getting a basket when you switch. It's just plain and simple. But the offensive skill set is impressing me right now with DeAndre Ayton. That's why he is in my impress. Um, I got some honorable mentions here. Yes, Trey Young. He's been looking pretty good. I, I know I said he was a bust. I, I'm not backing down on that. This is preseason. Let's see what you do when it actually matters. Uh, yeah, he made a half-court buzzer beater or whatever. It doesn't mean shit. It's preseason. I want to see it happen in a regular season game. I want to see it happen in the playoffs. I want to see if you can actually um, you know, affect your team's win percentage and see if you can lead this team to more wins than they had last year. Or are you just going to be a stat-padding player? If he averages 22 points a game this season and 8 assists, you guys are all going to be f- jumping up and down. Oh, Trey Young, he's the next Steph Curry. What are you guys saying? He's probably going to be shooting like 38% and his team is going to win 12 games. Uh, I don't I don't see it in him, but he's looked pretty good in this preseason. The Hawks were playing well in the preseason, so that's why I'm giving him an honorable mention. Um, it was a nice buzzer beater too. I'll admit it that. Um, another honorable mention is Luka Doncic. Uh, you know, he just looks so much stronger than all the guards he's playing against. He doesn't, he's not too quick, but he's got these dribble moves that he just, he just bodies the guard and takes it to the rack effortless. And I think that he has done what he has to because people were questioning his shooting ability coming into the draft and he's been knocking down threes. I don't know what you guys want from him, but the kid is playing lights out right now. Um, the th- the one thing with Luca is I need to see it against competition. We've seen it against Beijing and we've seen it against the 76ers. He didn't pl- he didn't play as well as he did against the 76ers against Beijing. So that was a little concerning, but it's preseason, that's why I'm giving him leeway. Uh, you know, even if he was out here dropping 30 points a game, I'm not going to sit here and say I told you guys he's the number 1 pick. Uh, no. I'm not going to do that because that would be so hypocritical of me. But I'm just saying, Luka Doncic, he's he's proving you guys like what he couldn't do, he's doing now. And he's learning how to do it more efficiently. So it's scary. It's really scary. So <clears throat> let's move on to my next list. It is the unimpressed list. Um... I'm going to be going with Gordon Hayward here. Gordon Hayward really didn't impress me this so far at least. Um Gordon Hayward has not been shooting the ball very well. Gordon Hayward uh he, Gordon Hayward's my favorite player in the NBA. I'm going to tell you guys right now. Uh he has been my favorite player in the NBA since Utah. Uh I just like his effort. I've liked him at Butler. I've rooted for that in the Final Four. Um, 
but Gordon Hayward right now just doesn't look like himself, which I get. It's preseason. He's coming off a year-long injury. He's obviously going to do that. I'm not saying I expected him to come out here averaging 20 points a game. <coughs> the thing is with Gordon Hayward is I don't want him shooting the ball this inefficiently. He's coming out here and he is averaging... Let's see. Let me type in Gordon Hayward's name here. I got this. I got this new list on my computer. It's pretty pretty well. It's called Stats Dream. I recommend it. Uh, give It just pulls up your player's stats that you type in. And it will give you all of these stats. So yeah, Gordon Hayward's averaging 9 points a game this preseason. Um, he's shooting 38% from 3 point. So, obviously, I was correct about that. Gordon Hayward, he's not shooting the ball well. Uh, he looks a little slow on defense. He's going to need to pick it up. Regular season's coming along. I'm giving him 20 games in the regular season. If Gordon Hayward is still playing like this, 20 games in the regular season, this is what you're getting for the rest of the year, I think. Some people are giving him 40. Some people give him 30. I'm giving him 20. Let's see what he does in 20 games. Um... Obviously, he's going to need some time to work himself back into basketball shape and be able to make baskets efficiently and play defense again, which is going to be very hard for him to start doing again after he hasn't done it for a year. I understand that. I am not saying Gordon Hayward is done for the rest of his career. I'm just saying that this preseason, he's not looking like himself, and it's really sad. Because I was really looking forward to see him drop 30 points a game this preseason. Um, but Celtics fans, don't worry. I think that Gordon Hayward will be back stronger and better than ever. It's just he just un- he's just unimpressive this preseason. That's all I'm saying. Um, my next one is Andrew Wiggins. Uh, yeah, after getting uh bitched by Jimmy Butler. Uh, yeah, he's Jimmy Butler's bitch now. Uh, he goes into the preseason and he's averaging five points per game. Uh, I think Jimmy Butler's really getting in his head. I can't believe this, but he's actually getting in his head. This man is averaging five points a game, and he's—it's not like he's playing like ten minutes a game. He is playing twenty-five minutes a game. He is playing twenty-five minutes a game, and he is still averaging five points a game. Which is really sad. This man was supposed to be, uh, you know, he was a number one overall pick, so he was supposed to be MVP candidate, you know, franchise changer. If you're averaging five points per game in 25 minutes, I don't know what you're doing. This man can't play defense either. Another thing with him is he's not shooting better. I needed Andrew Wiggins to go into this offseason and get a three point shot. If you want to be a shooting guard, small forward in this league, you need to be able to shoot the ball from the perimeter. And not talking about mid-range. I need you from behind the three-point line. And Andrew Wiggins has not mastered that yet. You will not be a top 30 player until you do it. You will not be a top 50 player until you learn how to shoot a three-pointer. We got guys at the park that can shoot better than you, Andrew. Step it up. Alright guys, that's going to finish that topic. Let's get into our last topic of the night. 
Alright guys, so my last topic of the night, I'm just going to give you guys my top 5 power rankings going into the year. Who are my top 5 teams? You're going to find out right now. You guys can see my full list on my Instagram in the next few days. I'm going to be making that for you guys. I'm trying to figure out the format right now, seeing if I want to just go to my notes or maybe make it look a little nicer. Uh, That's what I'm deciding right now. But... I'm going to get you guys that before the season starts so that there is no bias, even if the the 76ers go out there and they break their leg f- the, for Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Uh, I don't want those to affect my before-the-season power rankings. So let's get into it. And fittingly, my number five team is the Philadelphia 76ers. I am high on this team for the main reason of Markel Fultz. Everyone is out here calling Markel Fultz a bust. Uh, they think that, oh, his shot looks like a fucking... He looks like an inchworm shooting. I know. It's, it's a fucking broken shot. He's got a hitch. But Markel Fultz is a special player. And once he figures out that shot, he's going to be averaging 20 points per game in the NBA. I re- I truly think that I think that Markel Fultz is going to be special for this team this year. I think he is going to be that game-changing player that they need to score off the dribble and from the perimeter when they need it cuz Jimmy, I mean not Jimmy, JJ Redick, he can get you catch and shoot opportunities, but he's not going to take it off the dribble and he's not going to cross you over and pull up from 3. That's Markel Fultz's job. He needs to come in here and he needs to prove that he belongs. And I I am giving the benefit of the doubt to Markel Fultz. I obviously do not think that he should have been picked number one overall. But Markel Fultz is a great player. So watch out, guys. All you guys calling him a bust are going to be buying his jersey around around Christmas time next year. So that's why Philadelphia is my number five team. Because obviously they got Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. But just adding that new healthy Markel Fultz in there is going to make them a really scary team in the East. Um, my number four team is the Toronto Raptors. I mean, this Toronto Raptors team was the number one team in the East last year. And they just added Kawhi Leonard and swapped him with De- DeMar DeRozan. I think that's a pretty good upgrade. Uh, DeMar DeRozan doesn't play well defensively. And I think Kawhi is just a better all-around player. Kawhi is a top three player in this NBA, top five whatever you want to call it. Uh, He will not let you score on him. He will take you off the dribble. He will pull up on you. He will dunk. He will do all of it. You add that with the best bench in the NBA and a starting lineup of Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, Jonas Valanciunas, and let's say uh, OG Anuobi. You want to put him in there, sure. But that's that lineup. I really like that team, and they are going to contend with Boston for that spot in the NBA Finals, if all goes well. Uh, I am high on that team, so that is my number four team. My number three team in the NBA is the Houston Rockets. Uh, I feel like they got worse this offseason. Am I wrong? I mean, they kept everyone... That they could. They lost Trevor Ariza. And, um, you know, that kind of hurts. And they added Melo. 
And I think I would rather have Trevor Reza right now than Carmelo Anthony. Unless Chris Paul can get into Melo's head and say, hey, come off the bench and be our six man and score like 10 points a game, 10 to 15 points a game efficiently and try on defense. If they can get that into Melo's head, Melo will be a great addition for that team. And I can see them being better than the Boston Celtics if Melo can get into his head that he needs to do this to win. Uh, But right now, I don't see that happening to Melo. It didn't happen in New York. It didn't happen in Oklahoma City. I can't see it happening here. But if some guy is going to make it change, it's going to be Chris Paul. Uh, I like Clint Capella. I mean, obviously, he's an older, traditional big. He can't shoot. But he is a defensive nightmare down there. If you go into the paint, you are not getting a layup against Clint Capella. He's going to swat that into the ninth row. Um, I also love James Harden. You know, Mr. MVP. I think he deserved it this year. All you guys saying LeBron deserved it? I think James Harden f- needed an MVP. He's been getting snubbed and snubbed and snubbed for the past few years. And I think this was his year. He needed to get it. And he got it deservingly. James Harden, congrats to you. You're leading this number three team. Chris Paul, you know, I've never been too high on Chris Paul. But he is a great defender. He can shoot it from outside. And he's a great playmaker. Uh, Obviously, younger Chris Paul was, was a problem in the NBA. He was amazing. Older Chris Paul, he's still a pretty good player. Um, and I think that dynamic duo is a really nice combination up there in Houston. So they're my number three team. My number two team is Boston. I mean, you were just went to the Eastern Conference Finals and took the Kings seven games without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. I know everyone's been saying it all offseason, without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum's only 20. I know all of non-Boston Celtics fans are getting sick and tired of hearing about the Celtics team and how they're going to rule the NBA in the next five years. Um, but they're really fucking good, guys. You guys got to get this into your head. The Boston Celtics are for real. If you got you got to line up four All-Stars, four, poten- four either potential All-Stars this year or past All-Stars this year, um... I think, actually, all five starters can make the All-Star team this year. I really do. Obviously, all five won't, but all f- it could be three of them. It could be two of them. It could be four. It could be one. But all five of them have a chance of making that All-Star team this year. When you got a lineup of Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. No, Gordon Hayward, then Jason Tatum, and then Al Horford. That is an amazing starting lineup. And... I feel like if Boogie doesn't come back the way he was playing before the injury, I think it's going to be a nice series, six or seven games with the Golden State Warriors if that happens. Um, You just need, the biggest thing is you need Gordon Hayward to come back and be like Gordon Hayward. You need Jason Tatum to play like playoff Jason Tatum. Uh, you need Terry Rozier to come off the bench and be starter Terry Rozier, scary Terry. Uh, how is Kyrie Irving going to be after that meniscus tear? Uh, and 
Jalen Brown, how is he going to evolve his game, but be able to distribute the ball enough to where the ball, because there's only one ball, and only one person can score per possession, so uh, I think Jalen Brown's going to have to sacrifice the most in this offense, because he obviously wants some personal accolades, he's a young player in this league, he wants to get some all-stars, he wants to get some incentives, he wants to get that Nike contract for $100 million. So it's going to be very hard for him to keep his cool and just let other people score and take all that money from him. But I think Jalen Brown has a smart head on him. He went to Cal. He's still learning his degree there. And uh, I think it's going to work well in Boston. I really do think my the sleeper player on that team is Marcus Morris. Uh, I feel like that guy can start on most teams in the NBA, and he's on their bench. He's like their like seventh guy. Eighth guy, if you want to count Marcus Smart. They're just so good defensively, so good offensively, and it's a shame that the Golden State Warriors are so good. That's who my number one team is. Yes, guys, the Golden State Warriors, you knew it. They got the Western Conference All-Stars on their team. Best team of all time. Don't at me. Don't at me at all, please. Like, you're going to be retarded if you even question if this is the greatest team of all time. Of course it is. Of course it is. Would they beat the 96 Bulls? Yes, they would. Would they beat the 2012 Heat? Yes, they would. Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, DeMarcus fucking Cousins. Oh my god. The team is so good. Like, if, if DeMarcus Cousins isn't selfish with the ball, imagine... The passing on that offense. Imagine this the motion they're going to be doing. And if you leave one of those guys open, one, you're going to be fucked because they're just going to make it. If you leave Jalen Brown open on the Celtics, okay. If you leave Al Horford open, okay. If you leave Draymond Green open, okay. Like, yeah. But Clay Thompson, three. Stephen Curry, three. Kevin Durant, three, and then just go dunk on you if he misses. DeMarcus Cousins, same thing, three. If he misses, he's going to go dunk on you. Like, no one's beating the Golden State Warriors. Uh, uh, Just, even if DeMarcus Cousins does not come back the way he played before the injury, they are still the number one team, not by as much, but they will still be the number one team, and they will win the NBA championship if... There is no injuries on that team. And that is going to do it for the show tonight, guys. Thank you for listening if you got this far. I appreciate it. And I'm back on the grind. So tune in. I'm going to be I'm going to be doing podcasts one to two times per week during the NBA season. And if something big happens, I will be on there that night right away. I'll be talking about it right away. I'm going to try to make them shorter than this one. I just had a lot of news I wanted to talk about, a lot to get off my chest. I'm going to try to make them around 15 to 20 minutes per episode for you guys. I'm going to try to make them fit into your day better so you can listen to them and uh, you know, not fall asleep. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening. I will be back soon. Follow the podcast on Instagram. Peace out.